This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this episode of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Harama and Pastor Ryan Bibb talk a bit more about the first message Ryan shared in our brand new series called Rooted. He shared with us some symbols, the row, the circle, and the chair, and what these mean in terms of discipleship at church, in small groups, and that private devotional time at home. Here's Pastor Josh and Pastor Ryan with more. Good morning. Welcome to episode 34 of Radiant Reflections. My name is Josh Herma. I'm here with my co-host, Pastor Ryan Bibb. Hello. <laughs> See, I thought like last week. Last we, week you set me up. I for, did, but. And but then thought, this week you didn't. So like, I thought, hey, that was like kind of the cue. So uh, moving forward, just like after I say your name, like. Okay. You just I have to say like, hello. And then, well, you could you, you give like a, a Jay Leno style monologue if you wanted to. Oh. I mean, you could. You can do whatever you want over there, really. Yeah. I so. just realized something as we were entering this podcast. I don't have my Bible, and I had some notes in my Bible. Uh, is it in the building? He's got. Yeah, it's on my desk. Looks like JB's going to go grab it. Cool. I just realized that. Thanks, JB. Because I was looking at your questions, and I realized, man, there's uh, I got a couple of scripture that I need to hit. All right. That's good. We're going we're gonna to really dive deep today. Uh, <laughs> or not. Maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. <laughs> We'll see. Okay. Where we go. Well, hey, uh, for those of you that are listening or watching, we just kicked off this past Sunday a new teaching series here at Radiant Life called Rooted. We're looking at uh, three environments in which a follower of Jesus should be rooted. If you haven't heard the first installment of this series, I want to encourage you to go to the radiantlife.church slash media. You can listen to and or watch the message there. But uh, this will be a little bit of a deeper dive into that message. Also, a little teaser. Uh, hopefully next week we're going to be pulling uh, some double duty for a few weeks here. Um, Pastor Ryan and I have teased a little bit and hinted at uh, a series of the podcast regarding faith and politics and government. Uh, And hopefully next week, in addition to our episode that's based on the message, we will start... Uh, recording and shooting the video for those episodes as well as we lead into election season. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, I would just warn the listeners and viewers, just buckle up. That's right. Like we're not going to cause controversy, but there, well, we there might, are definitely but I mean, that's as- not, But that's not, our, goal is not, to, our no. goal is not to create controversy, no, whether or not, not it does. I don't know <laughs> that remains to be seen. I hope you would come and listen to Faith and Politics with an open heart and mind. And that we're all on the same team, right? It's it's more about Jesus than it is politics. And knowing that we're not experts in political science or government. We're just a couple of dudes that are trying to... <laughs> give you a Jesus perspective yeah, on give you the spiritual navigation perspective. of our politics in America. Yeah, yeah. So, but for today, we're doing a deep dive into episode one of Rooted. So, uh, in this first episode, Ryan, like, you, you really beat into us. <laughs> I mean, like, over and over and over again. Not in a bad way. But like, if anybody left, if anybody left week one, thinking, "Huh, I wonder what the goal of this is," then they clearly took a nap during the service <laughs> because, because you beat into us that the goal of being rooted is to be like Jesus. Now, how is being like Jesus both like at the same time really simple, right? Like you summed up a four-week teaching series by saying, "Hey, be like Jesus." Right? So, so it's like, oh, well, that's simple. How is it both simple and 
really crazy difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if it is simple. Well, the, I mean, the, the idea, I mean, because you think, oh, well, what do I have to do? I just have oh, to throw yeah. my keys over yeah. there. There we go. So... No, the goal, whole goal of being rooted um, is to be like Jesus. Like, that's the goal. It, everything in life, as far as followers of Jesus, I think a core word, that it's a churchy word, it's discipleship. And the idea of discipleship is to look like Jesus, right? I mean, we ought to be maturing in our faith and growing to look like Jesus. But this entire series is kind of the idea of, hey, there are three very powerful environments that we as, as our church here at Radiant Life have, and uh, that I think every believer, whether you attend here or not, should be in. And those three environments were the row, the circle, and the chair. The idea of the row being Sunday morning, the chair, or I'm sorry, the circle being like some sort of small group. I mean, here at Radiant Life, we call them life groups, but they, they could be three people getting together and doing their own Bible study or whatever. That That's a small group. That's, that's the circle. And then the chair, your time with God. Uh, and, and when we get to the week four, I think you'll probably ask a question because I definitely think there's a difference with the chair. I don't think it's devotion time. I think it's quiet time and we can get into that come week four. But because I do think there is a difference between I'm reading the daily bread, which is a good thing to have versus I'm in, I'm actually in God's word. I think there's a difference between the two. Um, and we'll get into that. But absolutely, like, it is difficult. I, I think, I mean, even the followers of Jesus, like the disciples, you look in Scripture, they had a hard time being like Jesus. Like, Jesus is like, how many times do I have to tell you dudes this? Why do you still not get it, right? Yet, they got to be with Jesus and see Jesus. So it was very difficult even for them to resemble Jesus well, Um and then, you, of course, you have in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost happens, and the Holy Spirit comes upon the, the apostles there, the disciples, the apostles, and the early church is birthed. Um, you have that there, and now they're living into the power of the Holy Spirit in their life to resemble Jesus well in this world. And so, yeah, um, is, is to be like Jesus simple? No, because life throws a lot of things at us, and we have the flesh flesh side of us um, that loves to at times come out more than the spirit the spirit side of us um, but it's a simple idea of one way to look at what what's what's one purpose that I'm even here for it's to be like Jesus if you follow Jesus your one of your main purposes is to be like Jesus it's a simple one-liner and you're right that's why I only use three words I wrestled with what was the most catchiest phrase I can use <laughs> Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. I mean, how many times in the teaching did we did I have everyone say it? Quite a few. I, I'm going <laughs> to at least ten, probably right, right around there. Like, and, and guess what? The next three weeks, the church we're going to say it over and over, over and over. Because I think the difficulty is we lose it, we forget about it. Well, and we complicate it, and that and that's yeah. why I use the word simple. Yeah. Right, this idea, like, we think, oh, well, like, the goal is, you know, I've got to do this, and I've got to do yeah. this, and I've got to do this, and I've got to do this. It's like, no, you just, you just got to be like Jesus, man. Yeah, and that's the difficult, like, it is very difficult to be like Jesus when you are angry at someone. Because you want to hold on bitterness and unforgiveness, it's very difficult. It's difficult to be like Jesus when you can't stand a coworker that just gets under your skin. It can be very difficult in that moment to be like Jesus. It can be very difficult to respond 
like Jesus when your marriage is crumbling and you guys cannot stand one another. It's very difficult to respond like Jesus, but we can. That's the beauty of it. It may be difficult, but we can, not in our own power, but the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we can start to be more like Jesus. And of course, without getting too deep, this whole series sets us up for another series, which sets us up for another (laughs) series in our one word for the church for 2021. They all are playing on each other. I mean, we as pastors know, and now you as viewers and listeners know, there's a reason why we're in Rooted, where we're going to go next in November, and where we're going to go into the new year. There's we don't, all we don't, reasons. Uh, we don't just sit around and, and throw darts at a dartboard with different serious ideas. Uh, yeah, we're, we're typically very intentional about <laughs> yeah. why, why we do what we do as yeah. far as a, from a teacher. And, and I, can give the, I can give the teaser out. I've already actually already told the church this, but like, hey, our, our whole goal is to be rooted in these three powerful environments to, what's the goal? To be like Jesus. And now once we're rooted, now we're going to understand the power there and the power we're going to go into a series of all about the Holy Spirit now and the power and being empowered and filled by the Holy Spirit to continue to stay rooted, to resemble Jesus, to be like Jesus. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. I love fall already, but I'm really excited about these series and where God's taking us as as a church, as Radiant Life and uh, hopefully impactful through the podcast too, even if you don't come to Radiant Life. Um, I'm really excited. I think the pandemic of COVID-19 and stuff has really woken us up, and it's like it's time to get rooted. And, and I've, I've said before, what COVID did was it, it, it exposed the church. And I think one of the scary things is it exposed us is that we, are, we realize we have very shallow Christians in America, mm. very shallow that's not rooted, and we need to get rooted more and more, even when hard times hit us, right? Hard times hit us, we are still to respond and be like Jesus. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, that's that was good. long-winded. That's good. But. So, uh, you know, in this first installment of the series, you you get into, you. I mean, you, you hit on each of the environments, but you, you talked a little bit more about the row, you know, our Sunday morning gatherings. What is unique about this environment? The You know, the row. And not, not just that radiant life. I mean, I'm talking, yeah. if you look at... You know, any if you, if you walk through any church doors on a Sunday morning, like what what is unique about that experience? Well, it's the only real experience that I was. You know, I was in my quiet time this morning in the chair. I was actually like uh, after I got done, I was kind of going through your questions and thinking about like what I feel like the row does the Sunday morning experience for Christians in the world, particularly here in America, because I think our row obviously looks a little bit different than in Africa and, and things of, of other countries. But what the row does is millions and millions and millions of Americans come on a, to a church building on Sunday morning, sit in a row, whether you're in a chair or a pew or whatever, you're in rows. Um, and there's singing, there's worship, there's normally um, a pastor on the stage opening up the biblical text, doing their uh, preaching or teaching, delivering a message. But what I realized this morning, I'm like, I think, think what the row offers that's very unique compared to the other environments we're to get rooted in is it's a glimpse of heaven. Hmm. The worship aspect that I don't think it's replicated very well anywhere else in our culture. That idea that brothers and sisters in Christ are 
in a room, whether you call it an auditorium or a worship center or a sanctuary, you're in a room declaring praises and glory to God. Like, it is awesome. And I think that's a little small glimpse of heaven. And I'm not saying when we get to heaven, all we're going to do is sing songs. I think it's much greater than that. Thank you, JB, as he's sitting in a chair listening to things. That's like that time you were doing a message. Didn't Siri kick on or something? Yeah, and I didn't even say her name, and she kicked on on my iPad. Um, Okay, now I got it. But you get a glimpse of heaven because we, we will be... There's going to be worship, right? And I think an aspect of worship in heaven will be through song. And I think we get a little glimpse of what it's like. And we know through the pandemic, when we reopened as a church, it was so incredible to hear voices. Like we as pastors, we tend to sit in the front row to hear people behind us finally after six months of it was only us. Yeah, like 10, 10 12 people in the room. That's pops, it. Like, like It was like... That's a glimpse of heaven. Mm. So I think what the row offers believers and non-believers is a glimpse of heaven. And I think that maybe that maybe one reason one of our sayings that when we pray for our team uh, as pastors, we pray before the service, then we pray with our change makers, which are our what we call our volunteers here at Radiant Life. Um, we say, "Give them heaven," because the last six days could, quite frankly, be like hell on earth for them, and we want to go come. And we want people to come and just get a glimpse of heaven. And I think that's what's very unique about the row. And it's unique that for at least, you know, however long, 20 to 30 to 40 minutes, there is someone unpacking God's word for you. And that's very unique. You don't get that in another environment. Mm. Well, it's good. Now, you know, so it's, we talk about the row. That's our Sunday morning experience. Um, but how is being rooted in that environment more than just simply attending a church service. You know, you, you use the phrase, uh, job started. Yeah. You know, rather than job done. Yeah. So let's dive into that a little bit more than... Well, I, the reason why I use that phrase, like, you know, I think for many people, many Christians, I, I just think it's, it's a checklist thing. Come in, I did my, I did my faith duty for the week. Because, yep, check mark, check the box, it's done. I feel better because I, I at least did something. Like, God, look, I showed up type thing. And we think, job done. We get back into our car, job done. Now I can go for the next seven days and stuff. And what I said is, job's not done. Job is just started. Now it's okay. What did I learn? What did the quote-unquote sage on the stage teach me in the biblical text? Now how does it affect me come Monday morning? How, literally, how does it affect me when I walk out the doors of a church building and get into my car? How does it affect me? Type thing. So that's what I mean by job just, job started. Just because you enter into a facility and walk into a room and sing songs and hear a message, um, to me, does not mean I'm just done with church. Because we got to go back to our theology. We the people are the church. You just went to an experience. You went to the row environment to get fed, to be uplifted, to worship together. But there's so much more that's going to happen. And guess what? We all have spiritual gifts, and that's probably going to go to the next question anyways. But we all have spiritual gifts that we need to serve other people. You are given a God-given spiritual gift to serve and edify and lift up the body of Christ, which is 
the bride of Christ, which is the church. You can't get away from that. That's what it's for. And you, we got to use it. So I think a lot of people do come into church and say, what am I going to get out of it? Instead of how can I show up? God, meet me here with an expected heart. And how can I bless another person this morning? I think we're very self-focused when we walk into a church building. So that does, I mean, that plays right into the next, the next question. You're right? welcome. Okay. <laughs> you said, you set that up really well. Um, I mean, and this is something that I've heard fairly often actually. Uh, but what would you say to the person who says, you know, I believe in Jesus, you know, I believe in God. I just don't believe in church or organized religion or, you know, I don't, I don't like all that. You know, they would call it like a man-made structure. Sure. What, what would you say to that person? Because you're saying, no, hey, like, dude, we need the row. Absolutely. And this person is saying, no, I just, I just need Jesus. I don't need, I don't need no stinking row. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it has been said, right? Um, we know people that say that. Um, I, would, I, I would honestly uh, ask the question, um, then are you truly following Jesus? Because Jesus died and bled for us. We know that, right? Um, but his bride is called what? The church. He has devoted his life to teach 12 guys, known as the disciples, apostles, the ones that he sent, to do his church, to release it, to form it, to create it with the power of the Holy Spirit, now go, type thing. If you are one that says, I don't need that organized thing, I struggle. <laughs> I'm trying to craft my words. I seriously, I'm just going to say it because I love the listeners enough. I struggle to really say, then are you really following Jesus? Because it is the bride of Christ. We get it wrong. I think there's a rhetoric out there today that is very suspicious of organized religion and organized structure of church and hierarchy, and rightfully so, because at many times power and authority have been abused. Um, so the rhetoric is, is okay. It's there. It's understandable. But listen, we are broken, sinful people that need Jesus every single day. We'll make mistakes. We won't always get it right. But we can't throw out the bride of Christ. It is clear in Scripture all throughout the Newer Testament. It is clear as day that the bride of Christ is the church. Now, many people say, well, I have church. I'm, I'm alone in nature. You can meet God alone <laughs> in nature, okay? But remember, we're also told that, uh, hey, 1 Corinthians 12, First uh, Corinthians twelve twelve. Just as the human body is one, though it has many parts that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit we are all immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply from the same Holy Spirit. In fact, verse 14, in fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. You are part of the body of Christ. The arm can't exist alone out there doing its own thing. It's just going to be flopping around. Or not. It, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't even, even be, even be moving, around, right? <laughs> we are one. We are called the body of Christ. We are the bride of Christ. We are together, together to function as the body of Christ. A toe can't exist out there alone without anything else. 
And so those people that say, I don't need it, I understand the suspicion, you do need it. You need it greater than you realize. And I think it, I honestly believe it's a lie from the enemy to get people to um, just sit on the sidelines. You don't need that stuff. Yeah, I do. I need other people to encourage me. I don't know what I'm going to come in if I'm going to show up at a church building and someone's going to actually encourage me for the day. I don't know if I show up, I could be the one that that person need. I'm being Jesus to them in this moment. Didn't even realize that that's the reason why I'm here. I just needed to have a conversation with that one person. And that one person, their whole perspective changed. And I didn't realize that I was the conduit for that type thing. I got one more verse and I know you do. Um, Okay, you go on first. Well, so, so I'm just curious, and I, I want to be careful here because, I mean, that's just as you were talking, because you did, uh, in your message Sunday, you, you talked about power. Yep. Right? And and so what came to mind is uh, in, in 2 Timothy 3, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he talks about people that, that uh, they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. Mm-hmm. So I want to be careful here not to, like, force this text into, into what, what we're talking about. But would you say it's that? Like, people want kind of like the spiritual clout of oh yeah hey like i'm good with jesus but they don't actually live into any of the the power that i mean you because you talked about the power in the row mm-hmm. you know you, you talked about all these different aspects mm-hmm. um i don't know i mean rein me in if i'm going way off base or if jb you too you're sitting out there you can <laughs> i don't because because i don't i don't want to i don't want to rip it out of its context but to me, that's what comes to mind. You have people that say, oh, I want the spiritual, uh, oh, I'm spiritual, like, I'm good with Jesus. Like, me in nature, right, which I'm good. Which you can meet God in nature. Oh, yeah. Right? But I can't meet another follower of Jesus in nature. <laughs> and if we're meant to live in community, which kind of gets into the chair environment, if we're meant to live in, you have to live in community, because if not, then you're not the image of God. We know we're created in the image of God. God is a Trinitarian God. There's God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit, His presence. They are three in one. They are in constant community. And as a follower of Jesus, you cannot say, I don't need community. You can't. You're created in God's image. And I understand for introverts out there, like I totally get it. Like I'm more of an introvert um, than an extrovert. I still need people. I, I need the Radiant Life team. I need you guys. I, there are things that I need. You got to get rooted. And um, there, yeah, I, well, and maybe, you know, for some people, you know, we'll go, we'll, we'll just pick on the nature. And hey, if you're out there and you're like, oh, are you picking on nature? No, that's actually, that's one of my favorite places to like go and connect with God is out in nature. But maybe that's your chair, right? I mean, that's maybe, good. maybe yeah. nature is your yep. chair. Uh, that's only one of the three things where we need to get plugged in and rooted in. So, I don't know, did you find, you, you had another scripture you wanted to I, d- I before haven't, I totally I haven't derailed us there. I don't know why this but, little ribbon's in this page, but. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, there. Ephesians, where are you in Ephesians? I mean, Ephesians 4, he talks about the body. That's another place where he talks about the body, working together and uh, whatnot. Yeah. For those of you that are listening and not watching, like I'm looking over his shoulder at his Bible, so I, I know I know what he's <laughs> I, I know where he's at. So, um, yeah, I kind of I got us off track there a little bit. You're fine. So, but so yeah, so these the people that would say, "Hey, how do you read the Book of Acts if you don't believe in organized the church?" 
You can't. I, I, I and I say this love, lovingly to any viewer and listener. If you want to throw out the entire organized church, then you have to throw out the entire Book of Acts. You have to, because you got to throw out almost the entire New Testament. Well, because see, Paul goes around. What is he doing? Planting churches. <laughs> Planting churches. churches. But also, you look. You look at the apostles early on, right? And where are they going? They're going to the uh, the religious center of the day. They're going to the temple courts. Yep. And they're preaching. Yeah, Jesus yeah, so went are, to them. gatherings. Paul, we see as he would travel around, he would go to different synagogues, yep. and he would he would engage people. Uh, and and yes, I mean they would have different types of gatherings as well. Sure. Uh, but we're saying there are three environments: three environments, yeah. three environments. But yeah, if you're going to get rooted and truly be like Jesus, you got to get rooted in all three. You can't you can't have two out of three, one out of three. That's not the way God created us to be. Because we're missing out. Because there's something unique about each of those environments. Yep. Uh, so so we're gonna miss out on on if we're just oh hey well I'm good with just me and nature. And you've got that chair. You're missing out on the the row and the circle. Yep. But I do wanna I wanna and you hit on it just a little bit earlier. But you know you're making this case for the unique experience of the row. How does this apply to people in other countries? Where I mean obviously. Not all churches around the globe look like they do in America, right? You, you know, you go to some countries, uh, especially if the, the church is persecuted, mm-hmm. and their their gatherings probably look a whole lot more like what we might call a circle. You know, you're going to have more of like your house church model. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which, I mean, there's a biblical case for that as well. You know, we see the, the believers coming together and, and, and breaking bread, eating together. Uh, how... How do you, in a sense, contextualize the uniqueness of the row into you know other cultures where again church looks different? You know, you and I have you know we've had the the privilege of, of attending worship services in Sierra Leone. I mean, and, and some of that, a lot of that is actually similar uh, to here. It is. It's a little. But, it's a little different. There's no air conditioning in those churches <laughs> when it's 120 degrees, or at least feels like 120 degrees. And, oh, it's marvelous. And I'll tell you what, the biggest difference going into Sierra Leone in Africa and going to one of their church services, the row, versus here in America, they worship. Oh, they it, you like it, they, they get it out. It was it. loud, <laughs> and they stood and worshiped for a long time. Time. Well, do you, okay, I don't remember, was it hour and a half, maybe? So, so. I don't know, I was sweating so bad, no, no. I'm like, oh, Lord, please, some way, somehow, can you make this service go quicker? So, the first time Pastor Ryan and I went to Sierra Leone, we attended a worship service, and I think it was about an hour and a half into the service, they actually stopped the service, and they said, okay, we're going to pause so that our, our American brethren can leave, <laughs> because we know they're not used to this. They were going to keep going for another couple of hours. I mean, this was, but they they stopped their service just on on our behalf, yes. so that we could. Because uh, they know we don't do that. They're like, here well, in these guys look like they're probably ready to pass out, and this is like after they've already had a, a, at least one message. Yeah, and they had all of us share. I mean, so yeah. so you got like you got eight sermons and and you know eight worship songs in, and then they still got a couple hours left. And they're just sure. hitting tambourines and sing, they sing so loud. It's I good. mean, it's awesome, and it's in this little tiny church building. I mean, it, they jam-packed us in there. Yeah. It was it was awesome. It was a fun experience, though. But yeah, you have to contextualize it. I can't. Obviously, persecuted church in China—they're not meeting in giant buildings and 
seeing the row experience like we do in America. They, they, yeah, they're, they're hiding in, ho- in homes and doing their best that they can to get that experience of the row. I think in those, those contextualized um, countries that you have to contextualize the row, I think there's a, there's a nice blendedness between the row and the circle there. Mm. Um, that's just that's what they face. And uh, we in America don't face that because we do have buildings that our row experience is different than that in China. But very similar, probably in Europe, it's going to be very similar to us. A lot of Africa probably will be similar, just without awesome amenities. Um, hey, so that, it depends on where you Probably go. even in India, very similar. Um, it's just you really got to look at those persecuted areas because they're, they're, our brothers and sisters are hiding and trying to do the row experience still. Right. So we're not saying, hey, if, you're, if, if for some reason you're in a persecuted country and you stumble across radiant reflections, we're not saying that you're doing church wrong. That is not what we're saying at all. Uh, we're saying, hey, within our context, like these are the, these are the environments that we uh, really feel like followers of Jesus should be rooted in. And, you know, man, we could learn a whole lot from our brothers and sisters in, in other cultures as well about how they approach church. So um, help us navigate, because you hit on... You hit on this uh, a little bit. We're are we checking time. We're we're getting close. Right, we're getting here close. We go. Uh, but I do I do want to get on this because I think you and I maybe lean different ways on this. Maybe not. Well, we'll see in about thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Help us navigate the tension between explanation and experience. You know, in your in your message, you kind of. You, know, you were you were teasing that out a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think I do think it's not an either or. I th- I feel like there's a tension there. I think you lean one way and I lean the other way, <laughs> which does not shock me. I don't think we need an explanation. I think we need an experience. I just I. You can't put God in a box, and we can't unfully understand everything. Um, whenever someone was touched by Jesus, oftentimes they never needed an explanation. They just know, I experienced Jesus, right? I mean, I gave that illustration when the blind man, and they're like, hey, tell us about this Jesus, right? The Pharisees want to, like, tell us, is he a sinner? Who is this guy? They want the explanation. Hmm. The Pharisees, Josh, want Which the way? explanation. Um <laughs> But the guy's like, dude, I, I don't know if he's a sinner or not. What I know is I was blind, now I see. He had an experience with the supernatural power of Jesus, and he's like, dude, this is the experience. You all know I was blind, now I see. I, I, I know this, I'm following this guy type thing. Um, and I'm, I'm fearful that we tried. In our culture today, I think if we're more comfortable serving God that we can understand. Oh, absolutely. And I think it's very... People are like, if I can't get it and don't understand him and how he works and moves, then I, I don't know if I can serve him and follow him. And I need something bigger than that. And so that was actually, I mean, that's actually my ad eight about that Saturday. Because I did Proverbs 3. You know, I went with the cliche, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Yeah. I, mean, so, I mean, that's something like I'm, I'm becoming more aware of in me. But I, I think the danger is that people will... It will be totally experiential, sure. and experiences can be manufactured uh, and not genuine. Uh, and at the same time, I don't think we can uh, divorce our faith from the intellectual aspect. 
And I don't, and I don't think you would say that. I mean, and, I, and I'm not but th- saying but that's that. Why that's yeah. why I'm saying there's tension yeah. because because the danger is people say, oh, it's an experience. So then, uh, and I mean, and JB and I talked about this with the worship, right? It's oh well, if I'm if I feel a lot of emotions, yeah. oh well, this is like. This is God, and this is what I'm going to go with. And goodness knows when people only go based on what their emotions yeah. are telling them, uh, we're in a world of hurt. So, so how, do we, how do we have the experience but not divorce our faith from the intellectual aspect? Because, I mean, there, there's a great intellectual case to be made for our faith. Absolutely, absolutely. My issue is if we stay only on the one side. We yeah, only would, want the explanation agree. side, and we get scared of the experience side. And, and you need both. So my point, what I was making, is in the row, we need an experience. Remember what I said? Not just an explanation. And I think what we've done in America, America's very good at this. We've crafted the row experience to be all about information and explanation. Mm-hmm. And we've thrown away the ex- experience of the Holy Spirit and power moving in our lives in the row experience. And we need more of that. We need more of that. The entire book of Acts was that almost. Like you read that. And so that's what I'm after is we need more than just an explanation. We need to experience the presence and power of God in our lives, not just try to explain everything. Right. Again, because that becomes information and not transformation. It's a, but yeah, again, both and. You go to yeah. the book of Acts, which is Acts 7, where the, the stoning of Stephen, he yep. sits there and he builds this huge case for Jesus. And then he's like, and then you guys killed him. And then they're like, oh, they're ripping their clothes and then they stone him. It was like, it was pretty intense. Yeah. But I mean, so he, even Stephen, who had a, an experience, and even, even in the midst of being stoned, he had an experience. Uh, he, he had both because he, he did kind of approach it. Uh, yeah. Both ways. There you go. So don't don't pick one or the other. You need you need both. Don't uh, don't check your brain at the door, uh, but don't be some dry right. academic. Because Jesus has to transform not only our mind, but our heart and our soul. In yes. that, yes. And so many of us, we've just are all about head knowledge and nothing else. Right. So our faith is holistic. Yep. Like there's not an area of you that your faith shouldn't impact yep. so there you go but hey i'm looking at our timer and i think we gotta we gotta wrap it up because i think that That's last good. question that, that last... i had was would probably get us going yes, for another it would <laughs> but that last <laughs> question will come up in a future podcast 100 percent. yes um all right well hey thank you guys for joining us for episode 34 of reading reflections uh this is a pleasure to be with you in this way uh we would love it if you would like share subscribe uh, put this on your social media. Why this just helps spread the word about what's going on here in our community. But also, again, we're, this isn't restricted just to Radiant Life family. This is for anybody who's following Jesus. We want this to be a useful tool to you to help you be like Jesus. There you go. Well, ah, hey, there it is. Looking forward to uh, seeing you guys next time. And looking forward also to hopefully launching our Faith and Politics episodes of the podcast starting next week. So uh, hang with us. (laughs) All right. See you guys next time. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out the Radiant Life. 
theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.